What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Health Talk Radio, episode number 15. Good morning, good night, wherever you're listening. It's either good morning or good night. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Paul, how you doing today? I'm good, man. Very good. It's afternoon here. Well, it's, it's almost evening here. So um, we're covering all spectrums. Yeah, you know what? So I didn't know what we were going to talk about today. And I'm glad I messaged you about this because this is a big one depression, anxiety, mental health challenges. And so while today we're going to talk about, you know, overcoming depression and beating some of this, I will say Paul and I are not therapists, right? This is coming from our perspective, working with hundreds of people. Um, and so we're going to talk about depression. We're going to talk about mental health challenges because I know, Paul, you have experienced it. You have have worked with with clients who have had this type of, of, of mental illnesses. I know I come from, my mom was depressed. I, you know, I'll share my story on this episode, but what is your, you know, as we kind of kick this off and have a discussion about it, so many people with, with the way things are going in this world, I would say more people are suicidal, more people are depressed, more people are anxious than ever before. And why do you think that is today? Well, I just want to clarify, I haven't experienced it myself. You've I'm never not, been depressed. I've, I've, I've never had a, uh, a a depressive episode. I don't think I've certainly been off the rails a few times <laughs> in my in my youth, but it was never really a depressive thing. But I tell you what, mm -hmm. I am very interested in, hugely interested in, is the way um, our mental health obviously affects our physical health. Right? What you yep. think, you you become. What you know. There's a whole. Um, a whole huge thing about you know what you think about most you attract into your life and all that kind of thing yeah but for me i think it all starts way way earlier in you know childhood and when we're younger and as to what we perceive to be important what we perceive is important other people think of us the way we want to be seen that kind of thing and so it really stems back to early childhood and how you are potentially brought up what you what is what, what how you're made to feel when you know you do things whether they're right or wrong and and how much criticism you get perhaps not enough positive encouragement that kind of thing makes you feel as though you're always being criticized and therefore you're not good enough yeah and and immediately you know from quite a young age we get that thing about we're not good enough and then we're always, always trying to prove our worth to yeah. people. And we, and, yeah, this and, is... and, and we can never do it. We, we will never no. get to that point because you're always relying on other people's opinions of you yeah. for your value. So that's the first problem. And then yeah, the second you know, thing... Go ahead, sorry. sorry Mike, the <laughs> second thing, no, no. which is the biggest recent problem we've had is social media. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... You know, if I think back, right, I, and I want to share for the people that are listening, I want to share because um, unlike you, I was very depressed at a, at a stage in my life, um, suicidal. I was on, you know, Wellbutrin for depression. I was on fluoxetine for anxiety. Um, but before I share my story, you know, what do you think about the claims uh, of, you know, some of this being hereditary um, and or um, having to do with chemical imbalances in the body? Do you believe that that those studies are are true and that the science behind that stuff is true? 
or do you think that this is 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 more environmental um, than than you know chemical imbalances or, or hereditary? Uh, well, I think it's a combination of them all. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say hereditary, mm-hmm. what people need to realize, and I think it might well be the first time they've ever heard of it, is there are certain um, infections in the body that will really mess up your um, cognitive function, your mood, the way that mm-hmm. your um, OCD or your um, anxiety a lot of mm-hmm. mold and yeast infections will do that. So let's say, take it to an extreme, to autist, autism, autistic children, we definitely find high levels of things like clostridia in them, candida possibly, um, other toxicity or heavy metals. So we definitely see organisms in them that drive a specific type of pathway, which then leads to behavioral issues. It will also be, you know, it doesn't have to be very far on the spectrum, but it will also in many people cause anxiety, compulsive behavior, um, depressive episodes, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting about that is that can, the, the, the yeast infection or, you know, an infection, whatever it is that's causing the problem, can be passed from mum to baby in mm-hmm. pregnancy so when they say oh my mum's always depressed and now i'm depressed or my mum's always manic and i'm always manic it could actually be that there is something from an infectious perspective that's been passed on during the pregnancy mm-hmm. it, I, I don't know of a strong case where it is genetically hereditary so because your genetics are your genetics but it's your behavior that triggers them that's interesting. And, That's great. And so, mm-hmm. and so it, it, from an infectious perspective, yeah, 100%, I know that to be the case. Yeah. Yeah, my mom was was extremely depressed. I think my dad, you know, thinking back, I think my dad was too. I don't remember my dad ever truly being or finding happiness. Um, my mom, in terms of anxiety, for sure. I mean, panic attacks. I remember, uh, and my mom wouldn't mind me sharing this. She's on a, on a beautiful uh, path to to just vibrant health. She's beat her depression. But I remember at times where, you know, she would have to breathe into a paper bag. It was so bad just in the car, right? Her, her anxiety was so bad. The panic attacks were so bad that she'd literally have to get out a brown paper bag. And so I, I know that it was really rough. Um, but before I go a little bit further on that, I want to come back to what you said is, is you've been off the rails, but you were never really depressed. And so what I want to talk about about really quickly is depression versus depressed thoughts, right? Because I feel when somebody says, I'm depressed, first and foremost, that's a label that I hate when people use. No, you're not depressed. Your thoughts, your thoughts and 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 what you're going through, you're in a, a depressive state, but raising your hand and giving yourself that label is maybe the worst thing that you can do. You have depressed thoughts, but you're not depressed. So when I think about what you just said is, is you were off the rails, but you weren't ever depressed. When you say off the rails, what does that mean? Well, here's the thing. Yeah, when I was younger, there was a lot of um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle going on. And for me personally, it was just um, frustration with the, with the life that I had. And mm-hmm. I wasn't happy with it. And therefore, we looked to distract ourselves, right? Yep. And people do it all the time. You know, if you mm-hmm. if you are the sort of person that 
go <laughs> it's really funny you should be talking about this because i had a meeting with somebody today who's going to be a patient of mine and we were talking about this similar sort of thing and she said look here's the thing if i go out and have a, a drink one you know really have a bit of a big drink one night the next morning i don't wake up with a hangover thinking oh i wish i'd never have done that she said i'll wake up with a hangover and i go yep about right for what i did i'm happy with that i haven't got a problem with it she said because i made a conscious decision to go and do that mm-hmm. and i wanted to do it because i like it it makes me happy i don't do it very often but when i do i know i will suffer the next day but i never bitch about it the next day mm-hmm. she said the problem with most people is that they're always moaning about you know oh you know you you went out and did this why are you moaning about it and we came around to the, the point that the issue is most people are not happy with their life. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for some way to escape it yeah. and going and having a drink or, you know, overeating with food or drugs or whatever it is, is a way of detracting from the life that they're not happy with. Mm-hmm. And that obviously creates depressive thoughts because sure. if you're mm-hmm. unhappy with who you are, who your partner is with your state of your health with the job right. that you have you know the whole scenario that's going to make things very depressing right it's going to yep. make it like yep. nothing there to really enjoy it yep. and um and so that i think is what many people experience now some people become very debilitated by it right yeah. they can't get yep. out of the house they have anxiety about things some of it becomes quite an unpleasant self-fulfilling prophecy if a, a cycle is worse and worse and worse. Yep. Then they and identify kind of, with it, right? Would you agree? Then they identify it. They identify with it. It starts as a thought or a state yeah. of being. Then it turns into an obsession. <laughs> then it turns into perpetuating thoughts that consistently perpetuate day in and day out. Then it then you attach yourself to the label. Then you're walking around telling everybody how depressed you are. Oh, I'm so depressed. I'm so depressed because They'll say, oh my gosh, life is going to get better. It's okay, right? There's that There's that piece too. And I've worked with people, you know, I've, I've coached people. I'm actually coaching this 17-year-old kid um, right now who suffers from really, really bad anxiety. But this is sort of that evolutionary process between the the, the thought that it, start, it starts with a thought. And then that thought become, you become addicted to that thought. You believe that thought. You believe you're depressed. Then you talk about it. And then, all right, around and around you go, and you can never break free because all you're doing is telling people how depressed you are. I mean, how can you get out of that vicious cycle? Yeah, I mean, there, there are times where something really significant sets it off. Mm-hmm. You know, like Definitely, the, I would agree. Like, Tragic, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, and, and... Loss and, of a loved one, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. And worse, you know, death of children and and yes. stuff and it's there's some, some really some really terrible traumas that can, yes. can occur to people yeah. and and it's and it's human nature to have those depressing thoughts because if you'll you'll find that most traumas generate an a, a subconscious thought that this happened to you because you're a bad person yeah or something about you it was was related to it the truth of the matter is very very often a very very big percentage of the time it's just nothing to do with you but we take it as that because we know we don't really know any other way to cope with it 
Mm-hmm. So, well, it must be something I did, or it must be, uh, it, you know, wh- why me? You know, why is this happening to me? But th- when you've got an, a kind of an overall low self-esteem anyway, most people do, right? Most people have the thought, I'm not good enough. Right. And when you've already got that as a basic default that you're coming from, something tragic happens and that just reinforces it. And then it's like, well, there you go, told you so. And then that's a really difficult thing to dig yourself out of on your own. Mm -hmm. And sometimes um, even with people wanting to help the best they can, sometimes it's just not the right time for it. Yeah. Because they've kind of got to go through a process before they're, they're ready to come out the other side. And other times they just don't want to come out the other side because they're quite, they, they've become so dependent on being that person, like you say, sure. that yep. label, that yep. if it's fixed. Who are they? Who would they be? Nothing, uh, yeah. Who would they be? I'm not Michael, the the depressed guy anymore. Shit, that's scary because now I'm stepping in and out of this label. Who am I? They forget, right? It's almost like without the depression, they forget who they are. As crazy as it sounds. Yeah, but I think they didn't know they were before that anyway. And then it's very scary to to have your, your ailment removed. Because then you've got to live up to being a good, happy, fulfilling person mm, that contributes. That's true. I didn't, I didn't think about that. And then it's that. like, well, I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. Because if I've got to step into that role of being the good, happy, you know, contributing person and a good, you know, doing good good in, this, in the world, mm-hmm. I'm not confident I can be that person. Then I'm really going to get found out. Oh, my gosh. As yeah. lacking. Yeah. And therefore... Yep. Actually, I'm going to stay here if that's okay. Yep. And 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 sadly, we've got a medical system. Sad. We've got a medical system that supports that by just giving out antidepressants and that kind of stuff to to continually facilitate your your state. Yeah. Have I ever shared my my you know deepest darkest depressed moments with you? I don't know. Try me. Yeah, so I'll, I'll share it because because I think there's a lot of people that can that can learn through my experience. Not everyone, right? And I'm certainly not talking about the traumatic experiences. I mean, gosh, there's tragic stuff that happens. So uh, you know, bear in mind, there's all different types of depression, and I'm not trying to be uh, less sympathetic. I, I just want to share my experience for the people that are listening. Um, because gosh, if I lost one of my kids, God forbid. I mean, how do you ever like? like there's certain things that are just like, oh my gosh, right? It's like. But for me, it was it was lack, right? I was depressed. So uh, I was, as you know, Paul, ex-addict. I did cocaine, ecstasy, everything from, you know, early 20s all the way till I was 31 before I drew a line in the sand. And I was high more days than I, than I, was, uh, than I was sober. And I remember uh, hitting rock bottom. And rock bottom for me was depression. I was on, as I mentioned, I was on Wellbutrin. I was on two or three different medications. I think I was on three at one time. The psychiatrist had me on Wellbutrin. Um, uh, something for, for my ADHD. I can't remember the name of it. It's a, it's a really common one. And then fluoxetine for anxiety. So I was literally pumping three different types of, of mental, I don't, what do you call, what do you call medications for, for mental challenges or disorders? Is there a term for them? Yeah, I'm sure there is, but I can't think of it. So I was on three different medications at one time. There was a time I like literally could not get out of bed. I was so depressed. uh, Not psychotics, what are they called? 
it'll come to me. Sonic Mates, yeah. I call them, but it'll come to me. Yeah. So I was on three, right? Imagine I was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, man. Like I, I, I didn't know, I, I did not know who I was. I couldn't get out of bed, right? I'm doing drugs. I'm drinking. I'm, 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 which, I'm which, just which not- obviously goes well with the medication. Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm washing. I'm washing down the fluoxetine and the Wellbutrin with uh, you know shots of Jaeger. Uh, at the time I remember it was just a disaster, but I remember, cause I want to share kind of the triumph that I had and how I got out of it because there was a time where I didn't think I was going to get out of it. My mom didn't think I was going to get out of it. Um, I was seeing a, a psychiatrist, uh, once a week. There was a time I had to, I had to pee to make sure that I wasn't, uh, that I was, I mean, it was just bad. It was rough. Um, and, and I remember hitting rock bottom and I don't remember exactly what pulled me out, but I will say that. It was all about lack. It was all about what I was lacking. It was my self-worth, um, whether that was I didn't look good enough, I didn't have an, as much money as my friends, whatever it was, it was never uh, something tragic that happened to me. It was always as a result of looking in the mirror and not being happy with myself. That's what caused my depression. Self-inflicted a thousand percent. But I remember, and I don't know where or who came into my life, but all of a sudden I started growing. I started reading is what really propelled me. I started reading, I started growing and through getting information and, and, and going to masterminds and, and reading, I was able to beat the depression. It was almost like I had to start achieving things again. I had to start putting myself out there. I had to learn, I had to grow, I had to get information in. And it was hard, but then I got into health, I got into fitness and I never looked back. Now I still have depressed thoughts. I still have moments and days that that where I could be in a depressed state, but I no longer suffer from depression. Yeah, well, a couple of things. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the second one first, if that makes sense. So the reason you still have days like that is as we transcend things in life, as we become better at things and we get to that next level in our, whatever it is, our business or our relationships whatever it is we we immediately get imposter syndrome again because it's a level we've not been at before so you get to a, a point and you finally accept you you are that person and you believe in yourself and you know that actually i'm pretty good at this and i'm 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 comfortable with it and i'm all good and i've got my self-belief but you're no longer thinking, oh, one day I'm going to get found out. You go, no, no, actually, I've done enough of this now. I've got enough experience, helped enough people. This works. I'm good here. Mm-hmm. And then some opportunities come along and you work hard and you go to a next level above it. Now, once you step up, you've not been there before. So you don't have the experience. You don't have the knowledge. You don't have the evidence. So immediately you go back to that doubt and imposter syndrome about now am i good enough for this level mm-hmm. i've got the proof mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. and so then those thoughts come back in about oh, is this right am i doing the right thing is that post going to be okay are people thinking of being like that again try to get this message out is that the right one and then you get the evidence again after a while and then you go up to that next level so you're always kind of stepping into that imposter syndrome for a short period of time which is why you get those doughty kind of depressive thoughts even mm-hmm. though you know, you're not depressed. But going back to the original um, sex, drugs, rock and roll lifestyle you had, the key that you missed out, which which everyone needs to hear, 
is what happened for you to start reading? Because, because you said, oh, someone came to my life, can't it was, but then I started reading. But the trouble is, many people know that. Many people intellectually know that for me to improve my life, I need to do something different. Yeah. But right now, I just don't have the ability to do it. Yeah. Whether they don't have the motivation, they don't have the resources, whatever it is, it's like, I just don't know what to do. I'm stuck in this. Yeah. So something happened at that point. Well, I think it was, yeah, and that's, and, I, and, I, and I'm glad that you, that I'm glad that you're wanting, that you're wanting to carve that out. I mean, I, I think it was, I think I just hit rock bottom, right? I mean, you know, friends were, friends were dying around me. You know, I've had my best friend died at 36 of an overdose, um, you know, and so my friends were dying around me. This was, you know, early thirties, obviously he died six years later because he didn't stop. He didn't get off the train. Um, but I hit, hit rock bottom, right? Literally it was bankrupt addict, divorce, all within the same three months, right? Moved out, uh, moved out from my ex-wife, moved into a little, a little apartment, was still feeling sorry for myself. And I, and I just was like, it was either like, it was either like take my life and, and, and end it, overdose, end it, or like make a change. And I also remember my best friend or one of my close friends at the time, is it was super spiritual. He handed me a Bible with a reading with a reading plan, and I remember that's what kicked it off. Now I'm I'm glad you asked the question. So I started obsessing over scriptures. I made flashcards, and I re- remember the different scriptures. Right? I would like literally. There was probably a time where I had memorized over a hundred different scriptures. I was reading the Bible from front to back. I was doing church on Sunday. It started with that. Now that I remember, that's what it started with. And then I found out I was going to be a dad, which a lot of people know that story. So I found out I was going to be a dad. So that was another, that was some more motivation and another reason to stay alive. Oh shit, my daughter's going to need me. So I think it was this sort of compound effect of Bible, spiritual component, you know, hitting absolute rock bottom and like either dying, killing, taking my life or saying, hey, we're going to make something of it. Um, But, and I know that's, I, I know that has to happen for a lot of people. It seems like, a lot of people have to hit their absolute rock bottom before they wake up. Yeah. And and by the way, a lot of people would get to that point you were at and keep going. That's not, you know, there are a lot of people there that go to what? Divorce, bankrupts, and kicked out of the house or or whatever it was in uh, in three months. He said, that's lightweight. You know, you you want to try my life. And, And some people will look at it like that and go, I wish I had that life. Yeah. And yet, and, yep. and they'll and, and they'll continue to to go. But here's the thing. I think from from this episode perspective, I think it's more about understanding you and where you're at, mm-hmm. rather than a, a a bigger picture of this is what people do. Mm-hmm. Because, like you just said, that was your specific scenario. You hit yep. rock bottom. It happened that you had somebody that gave you a Bible. It happened that you had a church you were going to. It happened that you needed to up your game for your new daughter and so on and so forth. So that was the thing that worked for you. Yeah. But everybody's different. And I think finding that key to change is what's the important thing. Yeah. Now, it could be that if people who aren't in the greatest of states, you know, they are feeling down and life's not great for them right now. And they've got some issues going on. Everybody's telling them, look, snap out of it or start doing this or 
do that class or go to AA or whatever it is. And a lot of it, there's a lot of pushback from that because like we said, they don't necessarily want to get fixed immediately or they feel they're going to have to live up to a reputation if they are fixed. Mm -hmm. But maybe the question to ask is, what is the next step I want to take? Yeah. And then they can make their own decision because once they come up with a, an answer to that question, it will be an answer they want to do, right? So it's mm -hmm. something they want to participate in or change or read or improve or whatever it is. Then they can take that first step. Yeah, now, yeah. Once they have a bit, a, a small amount of momentum, they can then work on that and go forward. Mm -hmm. now, and, and it's very likely the first step you take is not going to be the right one anyway. But as long as it gets you to thinking, I can try something outside of my current situation, yes, it, it will allow you to start at least walking in the right direction. Yeah, a couple of things. So I'm certainly, you know, you mentioned something about my depression and there are certain people that would look at it and say, like you said, oh my gosh, I wish I had those problems, right? Yeah. I mean, there are tragic circumstances that, that you know, far exceed anything that I've ever gone through. So I don't want to sit here and, you know, scream off the top of my soapbox saying, oh my gosh, like mine was the no, worst no, ever. Not, not what I'm bad. saying, no. just sharing my experience. And I will say, you said it, you said it, you nailed it. I made a little bit of progress. I got a taste of it. And then I made a little bit more progress. And then that's when I started to get healthy, right? So it started with daughter was born. It started with scriptures. It started with church and, and really that component. My mom obviously was a huge support. I mean, she never left my side. She allowed me to move back into her house at 31 years old. And if you go on YouTube and you watch those first videos, I'm literally making workout videos in her basement. That's her basement. So she allowed me to, to move back in with her, get back on my feet. Um, but if I'm thinking about it, right, it was that first step. It was getting a little bit more momentum. And then I started going, remember I, I told you this, I started getting all kinds of different certifications in fitness, CrossFit certification, regular uh, um, training certification, um, kettlebell certifications. And like, if I think back to that, putting myself in those environments learning and growing was probably the best thing I could do because I was a sponge. I was, a, and I just started feeling so damn good, Paul going and getting information and learning. I felt, I felt on top of the world. So, and and it, it was for no other reason. It was distracting you from the other things that you, you're experiencing. Good point. Yeah. Right. Yep. So because who's got time to think about the bankruptcy and the, and the divorce and stuff when they're trying to learn, you know, new skills or they, they've got an exam to pass or something like that. And, right. and obviously you have to have the motivation to, to go and do those things first. But the more that that goes on, the, the more distracted you are. You can only hold one thought at a time, right? Good or bad. Right. You can only hold one thought at a time. So if it's a good one, that other stuff becomes less important. And mm -hmm. that's when you become more, like you said, motivated with the momentum to go move on and keep doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. But what, the, the, I think, you know, the point you made is is right in that some people would say, well, you know, I'd love to have that. It's not about that. Like I say, it's about your the, the own your own personal scenario and how you then take the step out of that. Whether it's yeah. your scenario, whether it's the next person, next person, everyone's got different things that they're struggling with. Right. So I think just thinking, what's the next step I want to take? Mm -hmm. And you might want to even 
phrase it better, what's the next positive step I want to take? Because you mm-hmm. ask a depressive, what's the next step I want to take? And well, I want to tie a noose up around that beam. And, you know, yeah. so yep. what's the next positive step I can yep. take? And once they come up with that answer for themselves, then they can take that step forward. But we, we then have um, the whole cultural shift into social media that's absolutely destroying people it from is. the it knees. Is. Literally, it's cutting them away at the knees. And I cannot, you know, I'm, I'm terrified is not the right word. But I am very concerned for my four-year-old daughter who is going to grow up with God knows what being thrown at her, you know, a million times a day via whatever yeah. media it can. And, yep. you know, I think we've spoken about this on another episode, but some of the research was showing that suicide rates went up 200% something. It's crazy. In, yeah. In five to 10-year-olds. What's a five-year-old know about suicide? Right. They haven't even got going. Do you know what I mean? They're not even... And so a lot of this is being driven by the unrealistic expectations that social media is making people think they should be. And and, and you can never be that person. So, so you've yeah. got to be depressed. You've got to be depressed. If, if you've got all of these images and all these other people in the world who've got these amazing lives and doing all these amazing things and happy and all the rest of it, and you suck, and you get two likes on your photo, and one's from your mum, but you know that everyone hates me, I'm not good enough, I'm not getting what these people are getting, blah, blah, blah. What sort of chance do you have? And you're seeing that multiple times a day. Yeah. And so what do you say? So, so what do you say? What do you say about that? Right? What's the solution? I mean, social media is here to stay. Um, you use it, I use it. It's a, it's, it's ingrained now. Um, in fact, I would go on to say, you know, if you don't have social media, um, and you're in business, it's, you know, at at some point, I, I, I think that you're going to have to have it or use it. Um, so like, if you're thinking about all these things, no, no, here's the thing, Mark. If you're using it for business, it's completely different because you're not using, you're not putting up pictures of yourself or your car or your clothes or your bag or your watch. But I would argue, but I would, but I would argue that, yeah, but I would argue that you're comparing your business to somebody else's business in the same regard. Right. I would still argue. Then you're doing it wrong. Right. But but this is just mm -hmm. from my perspective. If I post anything, it's, it's generally information for my business or something Mm -hmm. I want to try and get out to people or it will be as basic as there's just a post going out today because if anyone wants to look at my business, mm-hmm. then they can see stuff about me. But it's not right. about, well, such and such is doing this. I'm going to go and try and copy that. Well, that person's got a million followers, a la Mike Morelli, and that's what mm-hmm. I need to get. I don't mm-hmm. really care about the followers. I don't. I certainly don't care about the likes or the comments unless it's things that people are asking me that I know I can help them with. So right. if someone but says you're... to me the other... someone commented recently about something yesterday I think it was uh, something about his son I happened to know him and I was more than happy to to answer that kind of stuff but but that's all I use it for you will never see a picture of my kids up you'll never see a picture of a car that I drive or this that and the other very rarely you might possibly see a picture of me and you in Arizona when I came out there 
with with the with all the great guys that we had. And we did that retreat, right? So look, these are the guys we've been working with. It was, it was a fun time. But that's it. There's no. But but you're an outlier, though. Yeah, Sorry? you're an outlier. You're an outlier, though. You're an outlier. Well, correct. You're an outlier. Correct. Yeah. Because there's also other things that I don't do, and I don't chase money. I don't um, base my self worth on the house that I have or the car or the watch or anything like that. I am very content and happy and fulfilled in the life that I have. So I'm not mm -hmm. seeking that approval outside. Yep. Were you ever? Did you ever chase? Did you ever chase money? 100%. Did you ever? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And when? so and so, what changed? What changed? What changed? And how have you been able to? Because this is, I, I think this this is a lot of people. This is a lot of. This is the reason why a lot of people are depressed, right? They're chasing well, money. They're yeah, chasing status, you. right? The how my friends got a nicer house than me. My yeah. you know my friends got a supercar. Like all of it, right? Contributes to a lack of self worth. Which yeah. contributes or or creates depressive and depression, right? Yeah. Like, well, um, what changed it for me is it doesn't work. Hmm. Right? Yeah. It doesn't make you. It doesn't make you happy. It doesn't make you fulfilled. No. None of it. No, does. doesn't. So and so, true. well, <laughs> if if, it, if that doesn't work, then I'm going to stop doing that because what's the point? Because how many how many very rich rich people do you know who are miserable? Oh, there's right? a lot. There's there's right. a lot, yeah, and it's even worse. Then it's even worse. And when I say rich, I don't mean tens or hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Someone that's got a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred fifty thousand a year income and is comfortable, really, you don't need much more than that to do stuff that you want to do, right? You can mm -hmm. fly first class, and you can have a nice home, and you can have a nice car, and all that, right? And you can look after your kids, whatever it is. So it doesn't need to be millions, but the problem is when people are wealthy or they're successful in the money stakes and they're unhappy, then they're really fucked. Because when they didn't have money, at least they had hope that when they had got some money, they'd be happy. Oh, this is a good point. Oh, yeah, right? exactly. You're, you, yes. But now they've got the money and they're still pissed. That's right. a really bad it, place to be. Yeah. And that, and that is like, that's me in a nutshell. That's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Because my dad always said, right? Like, money is power. You need yeah. money to be happy. Money is everything, right? And I would, I, there's, there, we need money to survive, especially now as things are on the rise. If you want to yeah. eat healthy, right? Like all of it, you you need to have no, no, no. some money Listen, coming don't in. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you don't need money. Right. What I'm saying is money's not going to bring you the happiness and fulfillment you think it's going to bring you. Sure. It's short -lived. You, can be, yeah. you can be happy and fulfilled now. Right. And what's interesting is when you are, when you genuinely feel happy and fulfilled in your life, the money comes. Right. Because right. when you're that person, you end up doing as much as you can for others because that's what makes you fulfilled. Right. And that's what makes you happy. Even so if you how did you make the switch? How did you make the switch? How did you it, go it was, from, it, from it, chasing... It was, it, it was exactly that. I, I always thought, well, definitely when I was younger, it was all about the money, right? More money, more money, more money. That yeah. defi definitely doesn't work. Just makes you depressed and, and skint because you spend it all, right? And then in more recent times, the things that changed was that I just, you know, I knew I was really good at what I did. And I knew I a lot of very good stuff to share with the world, genuinely. I knew I was better than I was being. In other words, 
there was more out there that I wasn't getting in front of and I wasn't doing the things I wanted to do for these people. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I, I clearly am, I've got the strategy wrong somewhere. I don't need to focus on the social media and get the following. Or I don't need to, you know, just do the, the do you get the car or the whatever it is. I need mm-hmm. to just focus on what makes me happiest. Mm-hmm. Chasing that stuff didn't make me happy. Just made me anxious about, mm-hmm. oh, another month gone by and I've not done that or I haven't done this or blah, 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 whatever it is. And so when I changed to being, well, I know I'm really good at this stuff. I know I've got a lot of very good things to say. I think I'm relatively intelligent and can and very intuitive about a lot of people's issues and why they are in those predicaments, which hopefully people have heard in the last 15 episodes of this, this series, right? And so when I decided, look, I'm just going to do that stuff because that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Money or not, I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to do the things that I love doing and that are fulfilling to me. And if I make no money on the back of it, I'm still going to go to bed happy because it was the thing that I love to do. So refreshing to hear. And then what happened was people said, well, okay, yeah, I'd like to do the work with you or I'd like to work with you or et cetera, et cetera. And therefore mm-hmm. the money came because and, because you, and, you know, locked in not. because you locked into purpose right because you locked into well yeah it, i just like i just chased the the happy fulfilling life i right, want to do as right. many things in a day that made me happy and fulfilled which yep. also means appreciate the stuff you've got right not yeah what's next Gratitude door is got? huge what, what's next door got what what what's mike got what's such and such it's about yeah what gratitude what, is the antidote yeah. say again gratitude is the antidote Oh, no, no, absolutely. You, you, you have to appreciate everything you have and all the yep. things around you. Like, it sounds crazy, right? But I mean, I appreciate my children 100% and I love seeing them. I love watching them. I love looking at them. Whatever age they are, from 28 to four years old, they've all got these different things that I still look at and I still want to see and watch them and just look at why is she doing that? And why is that happening? Mm-hmm. What are they thinking, right? And, and all that kind of thing. And I used to get away with it with my little one. I used to be able to say, what are you thinking? And she'd tell me. <laughs> nowadays it's like nothing you know she's got to that point now where she knows i don't have to say anything but yeah. she'd actually genuinely tell me before but here's the thing right in, in addition to that the very simple stuff like i'm growing some beetroot in the garden and just seeing that grow and just seeing them get bigger each week and just looking at them you just that is a, you appreciate it you just like i love this stuff you know, mm-hmm. we're going to eat that and it's going to be great. And then multicolored ones. And then we've got all these other plants that are blooming at the moment because it's springtime and all these things happening. And you just like, I love this stuff. It's great. I can really appreciate it. It's got nothing to do with money. It's got nothing to do with status. It's got nothing to do with what other people think. It's just about, I just love the stuff around me. Yeah. And, and, if, and if there's stuff around me I don't love, then you cut it out, right? And you, and you make some tough decisions early on and you just surround yourself with things that you appreciate. And so when you're in that state of mind, you can be really productive, massively passionate and enthusiastic about things. And then all of a sudden people want to do stuff with you. And then obviously, if you're running a business, that means that your business grows on the back of it. So don't chase the money, chase the, chase the results, chase the ability to serve and give and do, and then the rest of it will take care of itself. 
Yeah, as you're sharing that, a couple of couple of thoughts came to my mind. So first thought was when I first started getting into fitness, health and fitness, and I started making those videos and I was going and doing all the different certifications, that was probably the happiest period of my life. And that is also the time where I had, I was broke. I was living with my mom at that point. Best, most happiest probably year of my life, yeah. I would say. Then things got more complicated. I started chasing again. Came to Scottsdale. I bought my first of three G-Wagons. I uh, started buying watches and lots of shoes and um, became less happy and less happy and less happy. Even though I had way more money and way more stuff, yeah. I became less happy. And a year ago, I don't know if you know this, but I sold my G-Wagon. I sold most of my shoe collection. I sold all of my watches. And here we are again. I'm not any less happy. I'm actually... I would say I'm actually more happy without that stuff because I don't have to worry about the scratches on the car or the scratch on the watch or somebody stepping on my shoe. Oh, my God, my new Yeezy. Well, but here's the right? thing, like, but Mike, no, this yeah. is really important now, right? Very, very important um, yeah. detail to make. If you're worried about the scratch on the car, scratching on the watch, stepping on your shoes, yeah, it means you weren't doing it for the right reason in the first place. Right, I was, yeah. I, I, I don't give a fuck if someone scratches my watch, someone crashes my car, makes no difference to my day. Because that's not what I've got them for. I got them because I like them and I like to drive that car. Or I like to wear that watch. Or I like to do whatever it is. Yeah. But yep. it's, it doesn't mean that much to me. Mm -hmm. That wasn't about because because when people worry about the condition of it, the you know it getting damaged or whatever it is, it means that without that, my external uh, appearance is worse. Right. Does that make yeah. sense? So, oh, yep. I'm not gonna walk around in a scratch car because people will think I'm I'm a I'm a, you know, a down and out or whatever it is. They'll, they'll think less of me. Well, I don't give a toss. And then, right. and, and that's so, so it's really stems down to, so it really, I mean, this entire thing stems down to self-worth. Yeah. Just believing that you've got a value and that you're happy right. in what you have, mm -hmm. because when you're happy with what you've got, then mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter what you don't have because you're already happy. And there are many very financially poor people who are massively happy. Oh, yeah. I mean, right? they've gosh. got very little possessions. They, they you know, they, they walk all every day to wherever they've got to go to. They live in a very simple place. This is, and, we, and I know we definitely discussed this in one of the episodes, um, when you look at the, the blue zones, especially in this particular Sardinia, where they're living a very traditional old Italian lifestyle, and they're living in very small houses. They don't have a flash car outside or a big kitchen or, you know, no, but they're happy 18, and they're the happiest people in the 80 world. 80-inch TV, you know, yep. they're, they're, they're living a very old traditional life, you know, a chair, a table, and, and loving life because they're surrounding the community that they love to be a part a part of. And also, mm -hmm. you know... Contribution, makes, too, I would it, say. Con and, contribution and, yeah, matters. And it makes them happy. Mm -hmm. They've got nothing there that um, they need. And, right. and when, you're, when you're basing your worth on your possessions because you need other people to approve of it. You know, oh yeah, look, you've got that. I love that. Yeah, great. Where did you get that from? Oh my God, I'm so jealous. You've got that. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. That, when, if that's your life, you, you can forget ever being happy. <clears throat> and, and, and I wouldn't even bother chasing the, the money because it definitely ain't going to be there. Right. You've got you've to you've look at what can I be happy about now and once you find the, the things that make you happy, 
And then once you find the real purpose that you have in life, which is a completely different podcast, I should think, then that's where you have to pursue. And right. everything else will come. So what you. would you say? So what would you say to somebody that is down and out right now? Maybe they're thinking about committing suicide, God forbid. Maybe they're, you know, just maybe they haven't hit rock bottom, but they're really depressed. They can't stop thinking about what they don't have. They can't feel good about anything because they haven't done anything. What do you say about what do you say to those people? What's what's that first it, it, it's very thing. difficult. I think there's a lot of elements to it. <clears throat> yeah, but I is. think initially there has to be a very honest uh, self-conversation they have. They've got to talk yep. to themselves and just go, look, what is it I really want in life? Mm-hmm. Not really. What do I want? Not what, not what do I want other people to think of me? What do, so what do I want in life? Yeah. And they say, well, I just want to, I'm just sick of all this stress and anxiety. I just want to be able to go to work, come home, watch a bit of TV, go to bed. That would be an amazing life for me. Really? Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we take the first step towards that? Right? If, if people start saying, well, I want to be the next Elon Musk, you've got to get a little bit of understanding that he's a very specific individual and very, very, very few people are like that. He didn't learn to be Elon Musk. He he was a he's a very specific type of person that's mm-hmm. very rare. I mean, he's not only a visionary and a very you know productive person that will you know uh, and, and, and extraordinarily intelligent in the things that he does. I think it'd be really difficult if you wanted to be the next Elon Musk to go and follow his footsteps. I, mean, it, I think that would set people up to be very depressed and have a lot of failure mm-hmm. that they don't really grow from because they're looking at something that and this is not to, to to stifle people's goals i just think i don't think that is something that um people should attack try and attain i think it should be something that they need to make their own mark in the world mm-hmm. now and soon people look at these other people and hold them up and go i need to have two million followers and i need to have it i, I watched somebody today on on instagram who I follow, who's a great guy, he's in, he's in the US, nothing to do with health. He, he does um, like fashion and style and things like that. And just a nice guy to watch, right? And he put up a video, he's only been doing it 12 months and he's got like half a million followers. Mate, I've been on social media for probably, since it started, and I've got maybe 4,000 people. Mm-hmm. And most of them don't really watch, right? And so if I sat there and went, oh, my God, he's only been doing it a year and so, and he's got half a million. What am I doing? Well, don't people get it? Don't people understand what I've got to say? This is ridiculous. Why am I getting, you know, I would be just driving myself insane. Mm-hmm. Because the thing about social media is it's for people who are looking for that kind of quick fix, dopamine response, glamour, whatever top line thing that they're trying to look at. And it's not for really the people that are trying to make a very significant difference in the world. Because, the, because there's a very small percentage of us. The majority of them are looking for that kind of aesthetic or top line thing, or they're looking for an argument. Mm-hmm. Right? They're looking for they're looking to try and cause a problem with somebody. And 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 that's another thing that you know it, it's just it's just ridiculous. So from my perspective, I'm not really bothered about the followers or whatever it is. I, I'm only worried about 
what's it what do i do that gives me fulfillment makes me happy and that i'm passionate about and that i can serve others with and that's what other people i think once they find what they want to do it kind of really helps what about what about the people that that want to break through but they're in an environment that they that continues to hold them back right yeah, maybe there's people that, in the environment that are depressed with them and, it, and now yeah. it's become the self-fulfilling prophecy where everybody's yeah. depressed yeah. right well, I mean, that's depressed, the same, yeah, but, but that's the same for so many things like depression or weight gain right if you're yeah. if you're overweight and your partner's overweight and you start losing weight your partner's not going to be happy right because they're either going to start getting jealous about the fact that you're getting your your weight under control mm -hmm. or they're going to try and sabotage you by saying well no no hang on a minute we once you get you lose your weight you're going to leave me for somebody else so mm. that's no good um drug addicts generally only hang out with drug addicts or, or or drug users addicts is a bit of a strong term but if you if you take drugs whether it's socially or you know recreationally whatever you call it or you do it multiple times a day you tend to only be around people that do the same sort of stuff sure yeah and so is it so so is it safe to say that you may have to clean house a little bit if you want to make a change 100 percent. yeah but but it's not because it's not because all those other people are bad people sure right it's, it's not because about, you don't love about, them it's not because you don't love them either no it's about is this making me happy mm -hmm. is this the life i want yeah yeah if and i think if back honestly and genuinely you turn around and say yeah i want this life there's i live for this stuff i live for these drugs i live for this this is all i want in my life mm -hmm. continue crack on you know enjoy but if you're sitting there going look i hate the fact that i'm doing this i feel really bad about myself i make such bad decisions when i'm you know high and doing this and i end up and i've been arrested or whatever it is right mm -hmm. if that's not the life that you really want to have then the decision is like okay if, if it's not working while i'm in this group i kind of need to leave the group yeah and that's where alcohol <clears throat> alcoholics anonymous or or um na or all the rest of it comes in and they kind of say look you need to stay away from this sort of environment and don't go to the places where you get triggered yeah so there's yeah, a I lot think, of things if i think of 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 back before i moved to arizona I don't know that I would have been able to get free of the depression and ultimately the drugs if I hadn't up up and left because of my environment. Now I know a lot of people, right? They can't just up and leave, whether that's family or for financial reasons. Yeah. Um, but environment was huge. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I could have ended up like my best mm -hmm. friend at 36 and dead of an overdose because I didn't, I didn't get out of the environment. So yeah. I think- well the message here is environment is huge. Yeah. I mean, there's a the thing you were fortunate that you could move and, you know, go somewhere else and, and dis distance yourself as much as possible and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. And if you can't do that, you're right. You can still live in the same house, but you, what you're going to have to do is maybe change the people that you mix with or the, the places that you go to, because the, the, all of those things are not working for you. So, but what about this though? What about, what about the person who, who needs to do that, but then feels lonely and can't get out of depression, you know, and, and can't get out that way either because it's like, well, I've got to distance up myself from all these people in my life because they're not conducive to the success that I want. They're not good people in my life. They're good people. I love them, but they're not going to contribute to my success in order to break through. I've got to break away, but breaking away also means that I have no friends and I'm lonely and that's also depressing. What about yeah. that? Well, 
I mean, if I'm going to be harsh about it, you can make new friends. Yeah. But, I mean, we got to be true. We got to, you know, harsh but, truth, but, whatever you want to call but, it. But, but, you, but you're going to have to. And what what is interesting is that when, when it, like you did, if you make a decision, that's it, I'm going to change and I'm going to follow this other path. Um, you're so busy doing that stuff and, and you're so kind of involved in it and consumed by it that actually it's not only important who else is around you just at that time. I would agree with that. Yeah, and then, and then as you become that. a better person in yourself, mm-hmm. what does that attract? It attracts better people into your life. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't drink and take drugs anymore, the majority of the people that you hung out with that drunk was drinking and taking drugs aren't going to hang out with you because they're like, I'll oh, tell them what we're going to go yeah. to the, yeah. to the bar and we're going to get high. Are you coming and go, no. They go, all right, well, uh, I've got a choice. I'll go to the bar or do I stick with Mike? Cause he's sober now. Mm, Mike, I'll see you later. I'm going to the bar. Yeah. And so yeah. you, you almost kind of, you're not interested that much at that moment. And as right. you improve, you attract more of a different type of people into your life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't, don't look at it like, Oh my God, what's going to happen. I'm going to leave these people. I'm going to be depressed and lonely. Go listen, mm-hmm. let's just take one step at a time. And, and by the way, if, if we're talking addiction now as opposed to depression now that's again a different type of thing that you well, isn't you kind of, isn't depression a form of addiction well i mean it's a, it's a it's a it's a, it's a state that serves people for their for their purposes in other words right you know, but but if if you're depressed you have a perpetual or a perpetuating thought pattern that is depressed or depressive, yeah, right? Yeah, so you I, have this thought patterns that you continue yeah. to think about that you become addicted to. So you are addicted to your thoughts, negative thoughts, which create a state of being, which if not taken care of for very, you know, that can extend into you becoming depressed. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, mean, I think there are some some subtle differences, but you're, you're, you're right in the fact that, you know, each of these scenarios is representing someone who is in a in a place they don't want to be right like they, they they don't they're just not happy and whatever the the cause of, of it that's where i think people need to start what is it that i can do what positive thing can i do that's going to take me at least in one step in the right direction and if that's yeah. go to a meeting if that's go to church if that's you know change my job if that is have a have a frank discussion with my partner and leave or or, or tell them this has got to change or whatever mm-hmm. it is and that's the first step that you can take because at some point I'd love to get a I'd love to, I'd love to get a, a therapist on here like a, a well-known therapist because this is depression and anxiety these are our topics that I don't know they just intrigue me I think ha- having gone through it um, and I wouldn't say that I beat it I'd say that you know I, I'm not depressed but I still have thoughts at times that are that lean towards that side i'm just able now to reframe things use contrast bias right Sh- shift perspective in order to get out of it like i once was unable to i once yeah. i didn't ha- it's almost it's like just, i didn't have the tools to deal with yeah. it now i have tools there's, there's still some stuff you know that you're that you don't like about yourself yes and and yeah, and, I would agree. And, you, and, and it just drifts back into that old pattern of yeah you know I, I should be better at this and i don't like that about myself and 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 that then 
and and you're fortunate that you can catch it and go actually hang on mm-hmm. look at my life look what i've done look how amazing it is i can i can i can go back and focus on this now but if you you know if you really want to deal with the depressive side um as as rare it is as it is then you just need to have a digger deep into what those things that you're not happy about or you accept it and go actually it's all part of life and 90 percent of the time i feel great and everything's amazing and i'm happy and i'll get these odd blips here and there and you know what it's no big deal man i can i'll just run over it when it comes in so then you haven't got the the anxiety of the fact i should be better i shouldn't be having these thoughts i shouldn't be like this why am i i should you know you know who i am i should be like this that you know that's the stuff that makes it worse mm-hmm. yeah and i mean like gosh my heart goes out to the people that are suffering because i i know i know how bad it is you know i certainly don't know how bad it is for everyone but i i know from going through it that uh, sometimes you just don't see the light at the tunnel at the end of the tunnel Sometimes, sometimes you can't even. 100%. Sometimes you can't even see the tunnel. Yeah. Sometimes you can't and, even and see the tunnel. Even if someone's sitting there with a bright light, yeah. and saying, "Come, we're going to sort you out." Yeah. That even then, it's like, no, 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 I'm not doing that, because again, we can't. We've got this circulating thought that is, if I get fixed, I then have to step up and be the the decent person and the human and the contributor in society, and I've got to be that person and look after myself, take responsibility blah 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 and that's I, almost and that's a scary i don't want to do that yeah gonna, that's almost that's yeah you're right because if i if i do that and then i'm going to fail i'm going to really get found out so yeah. i'm just going to stay and you know we can talk around it for years for hours and hours but i think making a first step knowing that there is a better life um just finding either a way you can do it or someone that can help you with it yeah and i want to share this as we close so the one person that has impacted me the most on my journey as it relates to anxiety, depression, is Eckhart Tolle. I don't know if I've ever told you. Have you heard yeah. about Eckhart Tolle? Have you ever read any of his stuff? I haven't. No. So I've read. Every, there's nothing that Eckhart Tolle has published that I haven't read or listened to. A couple of his books, like The Power of Now or A New Earth, I've listened to ten plus times each. And uh, and for the people that are listening, if you're suffering from depression. Um, and or anxiety, download either The Power of Now or A New Earth and listen it, listen to it first thing in the morning when you wake up and listen to it uh, just as you as you go to bed. And uh, and I'd love to, to get some feedback from the people who decide that they want to do this. Um, he is maybe the most profound human being that, that I've ever listened to. Um, I've never met him, uh, but he, I would say, is the one person in this world that has had the biggest impact on my life. And he probably doesn't even know it. So shout out to Eckhart Tolle, but he's just phenomenal. Um, the way he breaks down thoughts, uh, uh, you know, the, the perpetuating thought patterns, the, the, you know, the addiction to those thought patterns um, is just amazing. Interesting. I'll download a couple of books and have, and, and have a listen. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's changed my life. In fact, last night, you know, I, it's, I still, to this day, I'm listening to some, at least 10 minutes a day of Eckhart Tolle uh, every single day. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing and, that and in again, as part of my know, habits. And, and it doesn't have to be people who are depressed or drug addicts or whatever it is. It's just, if you're not happy in your life, if right, you feel, absolutely. if you've got this underlying thought that there must be more to life than this, mm-hmm. which most people do, mm-hmm. then that's the kind of steps you need to take. And I get, I see those patients a lot because 
one of the things that distracts people from living a happy, fulfilling life is their health. And once their health is not right, Mm -hmm. then that kind of takes up all of their attention. And for me, when people come in, it's about obviously dealing with that from a health perspective, but also the, the understanding that what makes you happy, what makes you fulfilled, how do you focus on that stuff? How can you make that automatic every day? How do you wake up with the perspective of, right, I'm going to find some such amazing things in life today. It's going to be, I can't wait. Yeah. How do you wake up with that as your default? So that's yeah. how, you know, that's such a big part of the coaching that I do. And it's for anybody who's not happy with their life, that downloading those books, or just taking that first one step in the right direction is kind of the best positive step you can take. Yeah. Yeah. You had me thinking, cause there, there are times even, gosh, even over the weekend where I, you know, I, I've been stuck, you know, I, I've been stuck at times and it's, and it's pushing through those moments. But yeah, I think the important thing for everyone to know who's listening is, is you're not alone. You know, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of people that, that, that watch me, that listen to me, that see my videos that think that I've got it all figured out. And I just want you to know that on the other side of this thing as vulnerable and as transparent as I can be, I struggle, I struggle. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's not always easy. Uh, at times I do get stuck and, uh, you know, this, the last 12 months have been, have been a challenging 12 months for me, uh, for a lot of reasons. Now I haven't seeped back into full on depression like I was a, a decade ago, but certainly this year is, has, you know, has, has had its challenges for me. So I just want you guys to know who are listening, like there's hope. You just have to keep pushing. You just have to keep fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to get into a new environment, uh, around new people. You have to learn and grow. Um, because without growing, without learning, without ex- exploration, it's going to be very, very hard to be happy. I, I think those things go synonymously. I think the more you grow as a human being, and that doesn't mean anything specific. It's how are you going to grow? How are you going to grow as a human being? I think the more you grow as a human being, whether that's through experiences or learning or education or school or some certification, the happier you're going to become over time. Yeah, because it, it brings you um, confirmation and evidence that you've got value, that you're good enough to do these mm-hmm. things. Or, you know, and, and it's just one small step each time you do it and, and believing in yourself. That's the thing that will make you happy. And also, like you said, there are, there's so many resources out there now that you can tap into and um, start looking at what, what really ultimately is going to make me happy. That's what I'm yeah. going to pursue. And, and, and everything else will fall into place. I love it. Paul, awesome. Thanks for, thanks for all of this, man. I, I really appreciate you and your wisdom. Today has made me take a step back and think as well. And I've got some, I'm going to go and get some Eckhart Tolle in my brain right after this <laughs> and, and think about some of the things that you said. This was, this was really, really great. So thank you. You're welcome. For those of you that, uh, that, uh, that are listening, that are loving this, we really appreciate you. This is a a tough, a tough episode for a lot of people, I'm sure, as, as people are depressed and looking for answers in search of answers. And I just want you to know that we're here for you, that we love you. We appreciate the, your time and, and that you're listening. Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing the, uh, the episode, that would be great. And uh, as always, you can find us on, on Instagram, on your favorite social media channels. Uh, drop us a line. Give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. So thank you so much. Over uh, very quick, and, Mike, Just yeah. quick feedback for you. Um, yep. I spoke with the lovely Ashley Pratt today. And um, she's going to do some work with me and we're going to get some stuff done for her from a health perspective. But shout out to Ashley Pratt. She's amazing. One of, she my favorite, one of my favorite. You, one of my... She speaks to you every week and loves it. And you're a massive influence in her life. So more evidence that what you're doing is 
is yeah she's a very she's very special to me she's one of few uh, personal clients that i have um and she's very special to me like a sister for sure so thank you for sharing that shout out to ashley pratt i know there's a lot Mm -hmm. of listeners that are listening to this that uh, that know her by name and face so that's awesome again thank you so much for listening we appreciate you talk to you later